0: Care will prevent 9 out of 10 forest fires. Do you know who this quote is attributed to? Here's one that's a little easier. Who says only you can prevent wildfires? If your answer is a cartoon bear wearing a campaign hat named Smokey, then you are absolutely correct. In this episode, We'll focus on the Smokey Bear birthday party that was thrown on August 12th at the cradle of forestry in America in the Pisgah National Forest. But before I get into the event review, we'll give a little bit of a backstory about Smokey Bear. That's right, it's Smokey Bear, not Smokey the Bear, which we'll discuss that in the episode, too. But that's enough for the intro. I hope you're ready to fill your quiver with God in the great outdoors, because it's time to hit the trail. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Field Quiver Outdoors podcast, where it's my goal to help you fill your quiver with God and the great outdoors. This episode was originally intended to be primarily an event review of the Smoky Bear Birthday Party, which was held at the beginning of August at the Cradle of Forestry in America, which is located in the Pisgah National Forest. However, I wanted to include uh, just some bullet points of the backstory about Smokey Bear. However, in doing the research to get these bullet points, there was just so much information that I decided to emphasize the story of Smoky Bear as the bulk of this episode. But don't worry, I will still be doing an event review discussing the event at the end of the episode for anyone who may be interested in going to this particular event next year or finding another Smokey Bear birthday party closer to where you you live or maybe on vacation at the time because they're held at multiple places around the country. Smokey Bear's backstory starts with World War II when the U.S. Forestry Service and the Ad Council needed to come up with a spokesperson for fire prevention. And one reason that they needed to come up with a unique face for this campaign is because they had been loaned Bambi from Disney. However, this was just a loan. This was not a permanent solution. So they met with the artist Albert Staley, who on his website, which I'll have a link to this this article that his wife wrote, He is actually who proposed a bear be used. Uh, According to his wife, the rangers actually favored, instead of a bear, a woodchuck or a raccoon. But Mr. Staley actually suggested a bear because he viewed bears as the father's of the forest. Now, in the first poster that Mr. Staley painted, we get Smokey Bear's original catchphrase, which was not, only you can prevent forest fires. Instead, on this first poster, we have Smokey saying, care will prevent nine out of ten forest fires. But now what was the need for this public service campaign? Well, one reason is that at a time when all of your firefighters, or at least the vast majority of your firefighters, are overseas fighting in a war, you don't have trained personnel to combat wildfires. Another reason is that there was a fear of sabotage by the enemy, uh, specifically in this time frame uh, of Japanese uh, bombarding the western coast, trying to intentionally start forest fires so as to destroy the timber resources needed for the war effort, uh, in addition to communities. Now, this campaign was more to remind people to be vigilant against not only carelessness, but also to keep their eyes open and be looking for anything that could potentially become a forest fire. It was in 1947 that the... Famous slogan was first used by Smokey Bear. That's right, it was 1947 when Smokey first said the words, Only you can prevent forest fires. Now, that slogan stayed with Smokey until 2001, when it was slightly modified to, Only you can prevent wildfires. Now, one reason that this change was made, as it's been argued, is that wildfire is broader in encompassing uh, the fires that can be so destructive in grasslands and fields and with brush as opposed to only occurring in forest. At the time that this original slogan was created, in 1947, and for a few years after, Smokey Bear was still represented solely as a cartoon character. However, in 1950, there was a real bear who was caught in a forest fire and ultimately rescued and became a living, breathing, real-life Smoky Bear. The story behind this real bear is actually pre- pretty intriguing. There's a book called Capitan New Mexico, from the Colera coal mines to Smoky Bear, which... If you have an opportunity to read this book, at least the last chapter, I'll be honest with you, I haven't read the entire book. I've only read the chapter about Smokey Bear himself as of this point. But you can find it on most online web stores, but I actually accessed it through Scribd, uh, the app Scribd. If you have a membership there, that book is actually included at the time of this recording. Um but again the title of the book is Capitan New Mexico from the Colora Coal Mines to Smoky Bear by Gary Cozers. And this chapter has a lot of firsthand accounts about people that were involved in fighting that particular blaze that the bear was rescued from. Now, a lot of folks know that he was rescued from a fire. Uh, There is actually a comic book that is given out by the Forest Service called The True Story of Smokey, and it was originally published in 1960. And that was given out at the birthday party. And I actually read it just out of curiosity about how close to the story it actually was. There's a lot. I don't want to say a lot. There are several falsities in it. Um, And one of the biggest things is at the very beginning where it. It's not an untruth. It is just that the full truth is not included in the story. Uh, In the book, uh, it states that the fire was caused by someone being careless. However, according to uh, this book, and first hand accounts of the fires on May the fourth, nineteen fifty, the first fire uh in Los Tablas was started. Now the comic book says that it was started by uh either a cigarette or someone fell in to put out a campfire. And the US Forestry Service actually has some materials that they've put out that says Explicitly, it was started by a cigarette. However, firsthand accounts say that it was actually started by a cook stove at the White Camp Sawmill, which it overturned. Now, that first fire was actually gotten under control by May the 6th and all the workers that had come to help put out the fire were released on that date. Now, one of the reasons that this fire took off so quickly is because there were 70-mile-per-hour winds. Now, over the two days of this first fire burning, 1,000 total acres were estimated to have been consumed by the fire. And this actually saw the first use of a plane in the Lincoln National Forest. And it wasn't trained firefighters and it wasn't actually the military who responded in force to get this fire under control. It was the, quote, regular folks from the community, including high school students. Now, once they got this under control, and released the folks that had come to help put out the fire, on May the 6th, 1950, the Capitan Gap fire started, which was the much, much larger fire. Now, this particular blaze, there is speculation that it was started intentionally by one of the workers. Now, that's that's a rumor that has gone around And that it was either a stray cigarette, either unintentionally dropped, or again, uh, one of the uh, theories is that a worker who was released, arguably on bad terms, or presumably on bad terms, intentionally set the blaze. Now, this particular fire, the second fire, consumed 17,000 acres. And it was not contained until May 9th. Now, this portion of the fire is where the bear comes into play. There are several accounts in which different groups observed a bear that is presumed to be the same bear over the course of these several days. And the bear was eventually rescued after uh, the fire jumped a line and soldiers who were combating the blaze were trapped against a rock slide. They actually uh, went and utilized a rock slide to protect themselves. Once the fire burned past them and they were able to get up and, and move on, that's when they observed this bear that was burned. And rescued it and brought it back to their camp. Now, originally, they nicknamed this bear Hotfoot Teddy, uh, mainly because the burns were on its feet and backside. Now, the ranger ended up taking the bear uh, to a to a local vet who looked at the bear and said as long as it uh, heals properly and there's no infection, it the bear should fully recover. And he ended up proposing to his superior, which ended up going up the chain of the command to Washington, D.C., that this bear be adopted as the face of Smokey Bear for the country. And that was agreed to. They thought it was a good idea. And the only thing left to do was to get the bear to Washington, D.C. However, commercial airlines at the time refused to transport the bear. They refused to allow the bear into the main area with other passengers. They also refused to allow anyone to escort the bear in the cargo area of the plane. So there was an individual named Frank Hines who offered uh, a Piper Cub aircraft to transport. So on June 27th, 1950, the plane departed New Mexico and on June 30th of 1950 this rescued black bear was presented to the public at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. as Smokey Bear. Now, this bear lived at the National Zoo until its death in 1976. While at the National Zoo, Smokey received so many letters that the U.S. Postal Service actually established and created a unique zip code for Smokey Bear. There is only one other individual or person who has their own zip code, and that is the President of the United States. Now, there are some buildings around the country who have their own zip code, but as far as a specific individual having their own zip code, the president and Smokey Bear, that's it. Out of 41,692 zip codes, only two belonged to individuals. Now, there was a period of time from 2007 until 2014 when the Postal Service decommissioned this zip code. However, uh as part of Smokey Bear's 70th birthday celebration, the zip code was reinstated. Once Smokey Bear died in nineteen seventy-six, uh he wa- the body of the bear was flown back to New Mexico, where it was to be buried there at the uh forest where he was found and rescued. There was a rumor, actually, that there were some individuals with the intent of intercepting the escort from the airport to the burial site so that they could steal Smokey's paws. Now, the escort. Included state police, and there was no attempts to intervene, or if there are, there are no records of this that I could find. And because of the concerns, Smokey, it was timed so that the body of the bear arrived at dark, and there were only a handful of folks present for the actual burial of the bear. and. This included Forest Service personnel, uh, a New Mexico State policeman and his wife, the mayor of Capitan at the time, who was Jay Johnson, uh, Ray Provine, who actually was the operator of the backhoe that uh, dug the grave and then covered up the grave. As well as two hunters from Texas who just happened to be in the area and investigated what the what the lights and noise going on at the burial site were, and they ended up uh, helping to bury the body of the bear. Now, once buried, they actually parked the backhoe on top of the grave overnight to ensure that there were no attempts to dig up the body and steal the paws. And then shortly thereafter, they obtained a 1,000-pound boulder of granite from the area where Smokey was found, and that has actually become Smokey's headstone. Now, that's the story of the real Smokey. And people these days still know of Smokey and his campaign to end forest fires. Now, for more interesting reading as far as what has come to be known as the Smokey Bear Effect, there's a link in the notes section of this episode that actually covers this. And it's there's a five-part series that NPR did in 2012 that discusses the negative effect of the Smoky campaign to prevent forest fires. Now, this actually goes back and uh, predates Smoky by decades to the creation of Yellowstone in 1886 where the original intent was to prevent any and all fires. That means if there was a fire, it was put out. It did not matter if it was a naturally occurring fire or man-made fire. They were to all be put out. Now, in 1916, with the uh passing of the Organic Act it was also implied that all fires on national park service lands were to be extinguished which this is no longer the case however the damage has already been done by not allowing any sorts of fires to occur in any capacity for decades, and in some areas, for a century or longer. Now, I'm not an expert on this. There are people who are for, far more informed on the topic than I am who have written articles that you can find yourself and read on your own and come to your own conclusions about what is correct and what is incorrect, or what is the best option at this point in time and i'm not going to get into that on this episode however i will say that so long as smoky bear is used to present the message of precaution when it comes to fire in nature and fire in an outdoor element is great and one in which individuals are taught to be mindful and not negligent whenever they do have a campfire outside or if they're burning outside doing a prescribed burn outside then that's a great message to pick up and and carry forward the only time I would be concerned is if it turned into a message of all fire is bad and I will say that I was very pleased that at the birthday party that was actually the message that was portrayed was one of precaution and not one of fire bad now as far as the birthday party itself it was it was very nice um next year we may go to a different one there were a couple of others that were within about the same driving distance as what it takes us to drive to the cradle of forestry but i would definitely recommend the cradle of forestry one uh, that particular event to anyone who is close by and is looking for an event that they know is going to be of good quality now at the event They had multiple stations set up, and each station emphasized something different. Uh, Some of the stations, they were all fun. They were, for the most part, well, I don't want to. They weren't all games, but most of them were somehow or other a game that would educate the kids. They did have one booth. That was set up that was solely informational, that had uh, the firefighters' equipment that they used all set up on the table that the kids could look at. And they had folks with the Forest Service there explaining what each tool was, what it did, what its purpose was. And they actually did a good job of explaining it to the kids on a level that they could understand and not get bored with. Now, some of the games that they had were bingo, which they had bingo with different animals and plants on them. And the cool thing about that one is they, they made sure all the kids that played got a prize, but they had a special prize for the winner, which when my kids were there, the winner actually got a Smoky Bear bandana the other booths that they had there they had a uh puppet making station in which you could make a smoky bear puppet out of a brown lunch bag and that was that was pretty cool the kids really enjoyed that one they also had a tattoo and face painting booth set up they had uh, along with the uh equipment that was used by the firefighters uh right beside that booth they actually had a hands-on display where they had a couple of backpack pumps set up that the kids could use and they had a string with some uh paper printouts cutouts that looked like flames that they had tied to some string and the kids would use the backpack pumps to try and spray the flames. And it, it was cool because not only was it hands-on farm, it was a water gun for these kids to use, but they got to relate a toy with a very important piece of equipment and learn about that and how while it may seem like a toy, the importance of that particular piece of equipment and the different things you could do with it in terms of having it more of a spray or more of a stream. And I know my kids enjoyed that. They enjoyed going back to it spraying. I honestly kept waiting on them to spray each other, or try and spray me with it, but thankfully that never happened. The, probably the biggest hit, with my kids anyway, was there is actually an animal rescue obstacle course that they had set up, and they got to put on a fire service smock if they wanted to, and the objective was for them to run through this little obstacle course and pick up wildlife that was set out at different places along the course. Now, we're not talking real wildlife. These were stuffed animals, but it was still fun. They had to run through and try and grab all of them and carry all of them back to the finish line. And naturally, everybody got a prize. And I will say the prizes, some of them were pretty cool. They, uh, My personal favorite that the kids came home with was a wooden disc ornament. I don't know if it was intended to be an ornament. Uh, we're going to put it on the tree as though it's an ornament that had Smokey Bear, of all things, actually burned onto the ornament. Uh, irony, right? Well, it, it had a hole drilled out in it. I assumed that it was supposed to be an ornament, even though it do not have a string on it. But I suppose you could use it as a coaster. I think I overheard somebody calling it a coaster. But either way, it, that was probably the coolest looking thing to me that they had giveaway prize wise. But some of the other prizes that they had were they had rubber bracelets. Uh, they had sticker sheets, uh, Smokey Bear racers, Smokey Bear bandanas. um, They had, I think they had Smokey Bear whistles and yo-yos. I think that was this year. I know they had the yo-yos last year. But I believe I saw them with the whistles this year also. Fortunately, my kids did not opt for the whistles at any of the uh, booths. But, again, I think I saw some other folks walking around with some whistles that they had won. Now, the other station that they had was actually a uh, very memorable one. The two guys working at this booth were very into it. Now, all of the folks at all the booths were very excited to be there. They were excited about the kids being there, the kids wanting to learn, and and really amping them up and getting them into it. Uh, But these two guys made it fun, and what stood out to me with them is they made it a point with my two youngest who were skeptical of playing the game to actually go ahead and play it after they saw their brothers, older brothers play. But it was a version of Pin the Tail on the Donkey, but it involved a campfire and a bucket of water. And they actually went so far as to give the kids bonus points if they pinned the bucket in the right location and at the right angle as though it was pouring water out in the right spot without just dumping it out all at once to put the campfire out. But again, that was pretty much it. They they sang happy birthday to Smokey. There was cake for everybody. The event, aside from admission to the Cradle of Forestry, their normal admission fee was free and they did have door prizes raffle prizes for everyone who was there and goodie bags for all the kids now we didn't win any of the raffle prizes but they had some really cool ones in addition to uh bandanas and some stuffed animals that they were giving away from the gift shop there on site they also had some uh, other smoky bear items And the main one that stuck out to me was uh, one of the enameled camp mugs that had Smokey on it. And like I said, they had a few other giveaway items, but generally speaking, it's an event that I would recommend if you have the opportunity to go to in the future with your family, go ahead and go. It's a good experience. It's a good memory farm. They'll learn a lot, and especially if it's at the Cradle of Forestry, the events and activities that they have are not so involved that it's going to take the entire day, and you won't get to see the rest of the site and explore And do the other activities that they have there available to do with your family, with your kids, at the Cradle of Forestry. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I know that was a very short actual event review. And the bulk was me rambling on about the backstory of Smokey Bear. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to learn something from it again Not to beat a dead horse, but if you have the opportunity to go to the Smoky Bear birthday party in the future at the Cradle of Forestry, then I would definitely recommend it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Field Quiver Outdoors podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed researching it and putting it together. If you did, do me a favor. Go ahead and give us a good rating. Let your friends know about us. And go ahead and make sure that you're subscribed to us and getting notifications of whenever we release new episodes. If you have any ideas or suggestions for topics that you'd like to hear on the podcast, go ahead and let us know in the comments here or go to fieldquiveroutdoors.com and use the contact us link and let us know. We'll definitely consider it as long as it involves God or the great outdoors.